0: Good morning, Bucks fans, how's everyone doing? Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. It is time for Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. We are so excited to get a chance to preview this NFC Championship matchup. We're going to be doing it like we have all playoffs, where we are here live with you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So plenty of time for you to get your questions answered, and plenty of time to bring up topics to discuss. So we want to hear what you guys want us to talk about. If you're not already watching on the Facebook page for the Buccaneers, go ahead and head on over there. Leave your questions and comments underneath our live video. So while we give people a chance to start doing some of that, there have been a lot of roster moves. Uh, all of a sudden, it's just a flurry of things happening over the last couple of days. So just kind of start running through them and, and the impact that they could have.
1: Hey, it's a good thing when you're making roster moves in mid-January. You know, if you have a reason to be making these roster moves. So the big one, the one that came first and was the most surprising, was the news that Vita Vea is being designated to return from injury reserve. So he starts a 21 day window where he could start practicing today. And uh, anytime during that window, he could be activated to play in a game. Now it's possible. There's only one opportunity, you know, the Buccaneers, if they they have this game coming Sunday, if they win, then they're in the Super Bowl. So it could be two opportunities or there could be one. Um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to put him on the practice field and, um, and see if, if he's good enough to go on Sunday. So it's certainly possible. And I guess, uh, before we get the comments and questions, I, I should preemptively eat some crow on this one because we've been asked about uh, Vita Vea uh, and O.J. Howard and the possibility of either coming back from their early season injuries. And I was going based on uh, that my latest intel from mid-November when Bruce Arians said he didn't think that was likely at all. And obviously things have changed, and that's good news, and I'm happy to be wrong in this case. So sorry for leading everyone astray on that one, but um, now it's a shot. You know, Kenyon Barner, the running back, who's been on for just three weeks. He also, with a groin injury, he also has been designated to return and will start practicing. Um, Kevin Minter has been activated from the reserve COVID list. Dayon Buchanan has been promoted from the practice squad. And unfortunately, the bad luck Jack Cichie is on injured reserve once again with his broken arm. So a lot of changes at inside linebacker. And interestingly, you get right back to where the Buccaneers started last season. Uh, under Bruce Arians with Devin White and and Levante David starting backed up by Kevin Minter and Dayon Buchanan.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And yes, I agree with you that if we were going to be wrong about something, (laughs) I'm really glad that it was this direction about Vita. This is a great surprise. Um, And I think this is a a great uh, topic somebody brought up, um, basically saying, can you help us appreciate how incredible the front office has done this season in terms of free agents, draft picks, and everything under the salary cap of what we have seen, you know, especially in this last week from the draft class from last year and just what they have been doing, what Jason Light and his department have done to get this team to a position to be in the NFC Championship game.
1: Well, I can tell you who really appreciates what Jason Light has done, and that is uh, Rosarians, who said on Monday that he thinks that Jason Light should be the executive of the year. And listen, this isn't like um, revisionist talk here. During the offseason, when all this was going on, everybody realized what a remarkable job that Jason Light in his office and, and Bruce Arians were getting done to be able to bring back Shaq Barrett and, and JPP and, and Dominican Sue and a bunch of other players like uh, like uh, Nacho and, and Andrew Adams and, uh, you know, a lot of the depth. Kevin Mentor, as a matter of fact, who ended up being important down the stretch there for depth. And then also, of course, to sign Tom Brady, probably the, the most dramatic free agency signing in the history of the NFL – and then to get uh, Rob Gronkowski to trade for him after he came out of retirement, and then Leonard Fournette, you know, picking up guys uh, Joe Hag that give you good depth at positions, right? And Leonard Fournette has proved to be very important down the stretch. So I don't think you could say enough about it. It's been a masterful job, and and uh, as Bruce said when he was giving Jason like credit, he said, and also did all this without putting us in a terrible cap position. So um yeah it's it's hard to overstate how good of a job that jason light and his office have done
0: yeah and i think um you know of course a lot of people want to talk even more about vita vea and i thought this was an interesting way of bringing it up that anthony said do you think vita will be as strong as he was before the injury so overall there's there's a obviously a debate between can he play versus what level he would play at you know what what we would be able to expect from him if he was able to get in and, and how you kind of make some of those decisions of, is he able, but is he someone that you, is he at a high enough percentage that you want him out there in such an important game?
1: Yeah, every player is different. You know, they, uh, some would come back differently than others, but I think you can probably put a blanket statement that a guy that's been out for, for about three months, Vitave in this case, he's probably strength is probably not an issue. He's just as strong as it'd be more like in football shape and stamina. And it would be hard to imagine a player coming directly back from um, that and being exactly as good as he was before he got injured. I mean, if you look at Antonio Brown, who didn't come back from injury, but from having not really played in the league for about a season and a half, he was productive right away, but they used him a little less than they've just kind of expanded his role and you've seen him get his legs more underneath him to the point now where he's more of a, uh, a guy that can make those sharp cuts uh, in the open field when you get him the ball, get the ball in his hand. So it would probably be a similar thing like that, although there's not as much time to um, for this to develop, right? You either have one game left or two. So I would suspect if he does get activated for this game, that he would play in a reserve role and they'd have an idea of how many snaps they can get out of it. But um, there's no harm in having him up, and available. And if uh, Raheem Nunez Rochas or Nacho continues to start, you just see what snaps you can get out of Bita Vea.
0: My vote is just throw them in there at fullback a few times. <laughs> you
1: know? That'd be good too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're only going to get a few snaps out of them, let's, let's have it be that, you know. Um, all right. And I think uh, Denny asked, how do you see the Buccaneers handling playing in the snow?
1: Well, there's not supposed to be a ton of snow. I mean, uh, the last I look, it's intermittent showers, and that's mostly early, uh, only an inch, I think they said. And, you know, for maybe for us Floridians, an inch of a snow seems like a lot, but um, I don't think you'd really be like, you know, trudging through snow banks or anything. Uh, so, you know, I don't know about you. I, I always found that um, snow was a lot better than rain. You know, I'd rather play and I'd rather be outside in snow than rain. It almost seems to warm things up a little bit. Uh, and I don't think, you know, I don't think the Bucs will have a big problem with that. Everybody earlier this week said it's just a mental thing. You have no problem staying warm on the sidelines with all the heating gadgets that they have. And once you get out on the field, start running around, you don't feel cold.
0: And I think Tom Brady has a little experience (laughs) playing in the cold. I'm not positive about that, but I think he knows a thing or two about that as well. Um, Michael asked what happened to special teams against the saints. And of course he doesn't mean, the kicking part.
1: <laughs> uh, tr- uh, you know, the main thing that happened was Deontay Harris happened. And uh, <clears throat> Coach Arians, both times we, each of the last two times we played New Orleans, Coach Arians has volunteered Deontay Harris's name as the guy he's afraid of. Like he'll be asked about Michael Thomas and end up talking about Deontay Harris. And that kid has unbelievable speed and shiftiness. And, um, you know, on the first one, uh, we got a guy down there, Jaden Mickens, and he got the hit and could have been a big play, but he just didn't get him down. And, you know, when you make a miss like that, often that opens up a lane and that's what happened. But that guy is just really, really good. And if you look back at it, um, we had struggles with them previously in the season, too. So um, that's what happened to it. Now, I'm sure that Keith Armstrong would break it down in a much more detailed way and say, maybe this guy got out of his gap or this guy got out of his gap. But you're not going to run into a Deontay Harris very often, fortunately.
0: Right. Yes, that is, that is very true. Um, Richard asked, do you think we'll get the same pressure to Rodgers as we did in week six?
1: Well, I sure hope so because I think that's easily the best chance that we have in this game. Um, Aaron Rodgers, if you look at all of his games this season, that one was an anomaly. It's the only one where he didn't throw a touchdown pass. It's the only only one where he threw more than one interception. Uh, You know, he's been pretty much playing at an incredible level and a very productive level every single week, except for that one. So, and we did, we sacked him four times, got a lot of pressure on him. So obviously The Bucs are capable of doing that. Uh, It's one thing to say that's the formula and the Bucs have done it before, and it's another thing to go out and do it. So, um, obviously, yeah, the Bucs can. We'll see if it happens.
0: And uh, we had another question asking Do you see us playing the same kind of tight coverage that we did against the Saints, against the Packers, in terms of how that matchup would look?
1: It's a little bit different. And I would suspect you'd see more of a mix like we get in most weeks because the Saints and Drew Brees they were not throwing the ball downfield at all. Going into that game, Drew Brees was throwing the ball. His passes went an average of about five yards through the air. And that was about, I think, maybe second lowest among all qualifying quarterbacks. So you weren't really concerned about him going deep, which is the concern, obviously, if you play a lot of press man coverage, um, you know, you get beat at the line and they get right past you and can make plays downfield. Now, Aaron Rodgers, threw the second most deep passes, which I think is defined as 20 yards in the air downfield second most deep passes in the NFL this year at 74 he completed the most of them at 31 and on those plays had 12 touchdowns and no interceptions so the Packers can very much get the ball downfield and will and will try to so I don't think you can play all press all day all tight all day I think Todd Bowles will do what he does well and that's mix things up and anticipate what's coming and try to disguise things and try to um, you know get the quarterback thinks he, he thinks he's getting one look and then he ends up getting another look. So um, yeah, there'll be times when we play that aggressively as is the case every week, but probably not to the extent that they did in New Orleans.
0: And uh, Martin had a, a sort of combination question, part for me, part for you. Uh, he said, Casey, how much more fun is it for you to be covering a team winning in the postseason? <laughs> and then he said, Scott, how much does this feel similar to O2 and going on the road to get, to the Super Bowl. So for my part, um, it is very fun, although it is also very sad because I am doing it from my couch. So of all, <laughs> of all the years uh, for, for this to be happening, uh, it is I am not nearly as involved in it as I would like to be or I would be in normal years. But of course, yes, it is incredibly fun to get to do the interviews, watch the games, be involved when they're winning 1000%. So yes, yeah, Scott, how about you?
1: Well, yeah, that's the, for me personally, it doesn't feel the same as O2 because I got to go to that Philadelphia game, but I I think he means the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little bit different. It's almost like a hybrid because In 02, um, you know, we beat San Francisco in the NFC championship game, and we were – I mean, in the divisional round, and we were there after a bye because we had won in Chicago in the last week and gotten that first-round bye. So we did have one home game, and then we went to Philly, which was the team that we couldn't get over the hump. They knocked us out of the playoffs in in 2000, 2001. They beat us earlier in that Super Bowl season. That's more like what New Orleans was to us. So in a way, the Buccaneers this time – they had to win a game on the road first and then they went to that team that they couldn't get over the hump but then they did so we've kind of already got that victory and now we go to play an old foe in the packers which was a team that we had to get over the hump <laughs> against in the mid 90s and once we did that then we were able you know then became philly and then we were able to make it all the way to the super bowl so it's almost sort of like a mixture of those two things but yeah there's some similarities to how it feel but that was 18 years ago
0: yeah that was that was a wee bit ago <laughs> I won't tell you how old I was at that point. I don't so want to know. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Tim brought up, we know it's kind of hard for a team to beat another team multiple times in a season. Uh, how do we tweak our game plan to make sure that we're able to get both wins over the Packers?
1: You know, that's the thing that, that people say, um, but isn't necessarily backed up by stats. I, mean, I think maybe it feels like it's hard to beat the same team, but we've certainly, you know, we did it to several teams this year, Atlanta and Carolina, and New Orleans did it to us. And uh, everybody said it's hard to beat a team three times, but in reality, um, there were 32 instances of what happened with the Bucs this year before us, and 20 of them were won by the team that already had won the first two. So it's really not that hard to beat a team multiple times in the same season. Um, I think in this case, it's just hard to beat the Packers multiple times in, in a season because other than our game, they lost one game by six points and one game by three in overtime, and uh, they haven't lost in a while or have the Buccaneers. So um, both teams are playing at a really high level right now and the Packers have home field advantage and they have a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who not only is probably the MVP, but has an incredible history of winning in cold weather at Lambeau field, even against a very good team. So um, that's, what's hard to overcome, I think this week.
0: And of course, we've had several people wanting to know how Antonio Brown is doing. We saw before halftime of that last game, there was a little bit of limping and there was reports on Monday about getting an MRI. So what, what do we know? And what do we not know at this point?
1: Yeah, this is that whole Monday through Wednesday continuum of, about how news comes out. So on Monday, when Bruce Arians was asked about it, he said that Antonio was getting an MRI and that at the moment he had no other information as to like what he thought, you know, the results might be. Uh, since then, we obviously have seen reports and, you know, those are generally well-founded reports that the MRI did not turn up anything um any structural damage and that therefore Brown would probably be considered day to day. Now it's Wednesday and it's the morning and in the afternoon we'll get to hear from Bruce Arians again and I would imagine we would get an update then, but certainly from what we're hearing from other sources, it's at least positive news, kind of like the same thing that happened with Mike Evans, maybe just a little less dramatically.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, it just didn't look quite yeah. as terrible. Yeah. Um, Sean asked, uh, what have you thought of Sean Murphy Bunting's performance recently?
1: Well, I think it's been great. Um, he's been making big plays. Anytime you can do a thing where it says he and Rondé Barber are the only ones to have ever done that, you know, you've done something good. And in that, in this case, that means he had an interception in consecutive postseason games. He and Rondé are the only two bucks to do that. And he's just, he's making big plays. Uh, the corners in general were fantastic against New Orleans. Um, you know, I did a, a a story yesterday using next gen stats and Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy bunting all had incredible coverage numbers in that game. And you saw how, you know, I think Drew Brees had 143 passing yards, Michael Thomas didn't catch a pass for the first time in his entire career in a game. And Sean, in particular, you, you could tell by the way that his teammates talk about him when they're asked about him, he's he'll tell you, he's had some ups and downs this year after finishing last year, so strong, but, um, His teammates know how talented he is, and they love watching him stay at it, stay at it hard, stay confident, and then sort of come out on the other end now and be a guy that's making big plays for the defense. So everybody's really happy for him, as am I. I'm sure you are, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Richard asked, uh, do you think Antonio Brown should return kicks? And I don't know if maybe this isn't the question for this particular game, because he is maybe coming off an injury, but more of the overall big picture. Why have we not been using him as much in that
1: way? That was Richard that asked that. Yes. Yeah, I think you and me, Richard, are going to be uh, we're going to be aligned on this one, but we're not going to get what we want. I I do think I'd like to see Antonio Brown returning punts. Um, you know, it, it, our punt return game has been you know solid, right? But certainly no big splash plays, and he's shown he could do that. And, and you know, if you got this guy on your roster, you know, why not utilize that option too? But I think that Bruce Arians has made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to use Brown in that role unless he absolutely has to. And uh, so I don't think we're going to see that. And I understand that side of it, obviously. And and like you said, it's probably a different story now that he has a knee issue. But even without the knee issue, I don't think they want to um, expose him to the possibility of injury on such a play. So I can understand that certainly, but I think I'm with Richard that I'd like to see some punt returns.
0: All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for joining us. And I know there were definitely some amazing questions we didn't get a chance to get to, but we are coming back here tomorrow morning and Friday morning at 10 a.m. So if we didn't get to yours, come back then and ask it then. And thanks as always for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.